Hey guys, Cass here. So uh, if that music didn't give it away, perhaps maybe this shot of the winding, twisting road as we see the approaching car, perhaps it's the graveyard, maybe the infamous scene, they're coming to get you, Barbara. That's right. I want to talk about the 1968 American independent horror film directed by the now late George A. Romero. Um, May he rest in peace. Uh, The father of the modern zombie. That's right. Night of the Living Dead. So, um, really, really unique film. I mean, we're talking about the early, like, 1960s. He's trying to develop his own production company. Things are trying to take off and, uh, Essentially, he's he's running flat. You know, things working at this company that makes uh, commercials, the latent image or the latent image, just really wasn't doing things for him. Uh, he worked alongside friends. You know, they were young, they were having a great time, uh, but essentially, they wanted to do a movie. They all knew that. And uh, working in the industry, you meet other people, you meet friends. And that's essentially why I think I love this film so much is it's just a group of friends coming together uh, and and creating, you know, well, a masterpiece and something that's that's definitely historically uh, relevant. Now, um, the film started, you know, just the six friends and they each invested about $600 each. <clears throat> Now, you know, that basically translated over uh, to uh, just, you know, a a couple thousand bucks, nothing insane. Eventually, the budget would exceed over 114,000. but it, it, essentially, once they got the film out, the thing grossed over 12 million uh, domestically and then 18 million internationally. So pretty amazing, you know, given the fact that this literally was just a couple friends with what they had in their savings. Now, um, of course, it was criticized early on in its release due to the intense gore, but this film itself really changed what gore was. Um, essentially, if you look, you know, at horror film on a on a timeline, this is definitely one of those one of those films that changed things for people uh, and changed the way we would you know, want to see a horror film. You know, we wanted to see the blood, the guts, and and this film essentially provided that. Um, Eventually, it would, you know, finally garner that critical acclaim that it it did, you know, call for. Um, And it, it, for a fun fact, it is um, considered uh, historically, aesthetically significant by the Library of Congress in the preservation of naturally, of uh, the National Film Registry, uh, which is kind of neat, because, I mean, originally all this is, is, they don't even use the term zombie, they're ghouls, the others, the things, you know, it's, they never actually call them what they are. And, um, that's all this really is, you know, it's, it's a simple kind of zombie avoiding death sort of film. And it's, it's, the fact that it was, uh, it, it is considered historically relevant really just blows my mind. But, uh, we'll, we'll further develop into that. So, um, essentially our plot, we follow Barbara, and Ben, uh, as well as five others who are trapped inside this rural farmhouse. And they're trying to escape the hordes of growing undead in western Pennsylvania. Uh, they just refer to them, you know, living dead, the others, all sorts of different things. Now, um, Ben, played by Dwayne Jones, was quite controversial at the time. Remember, guys, this is 1968, and we casted an African-American. I mean, even on set, it was known that... Um, <clears throat> One of the other uh, actors didn't uh, didn't get along with him, and that was uh, 
Kenneth. Well, we'll, we'll come back to that later. Uh, but uh, essentially, you know, not only was there difficulty on set, but it, it was going to be hard for this film to uh, to get to get across to people. Um, I believe it was Carl Hardman that, that didn't quite care for, uh, for Dwayne. Eventually they did get along eventually, but it, you know, it took time. Now, uh, Judith O'Day, Barbara, uh, you know, definitely in my, my opinion, one of the screamer, uh, screamer classics. She just, you know, she definitely embodied the role of what Barbara is. Um, and, and just definitely gave it a full execution. Um, but uh, she, you know, really just wanted to get into the industry at the time. And she was so excited to take on this role. It didn't care what they were doing. Because you'd think, you know, trying to sell this at the time would have been hard to, for certain actresses. Um, and now, of course, we have our other uh, Carl Hardman, as mentioned, Harry Cooper. We've got Marilyn Eastman as Helen Cooper, his wife. Judith Ridley, Judy, their daughter, um, Kyrish uh, shown as Karen Cooper, Charles Craig as our newscaster, um, our main uh, cemetery zombie, and this this zombie alone is going to you know create what we know as the Walking Dead today. Um, Bill uh, Hinsman, um, and fun fact: lo- uh, Bill Cardell, who was one of the local uh, TV men, made a brief cameo to play our TV reporter in the film. And then all of our, you know, our extras, our zombies was just essentially acquaintances of Romero's. Um, and then, you know, friends of friends would hear from friends that they should come out and do this. Um, you know, come out and play this, uh, play this zombie. And essentially they kind of had this overwhelming show up and turn out for, for people who wanted to play zombies, which is kind of cool. They were, you know, right on down to the girl who wanted to be nude. They were just blown away um by the uh the creativity of the zombies and uh, just their their willingness to do just about anything now um Romero and John Russo wrote the film together and you know they kind of went back and forth on the whole zombie thing it took them a bit to settle on what they wanted to do it was Romero who came up with the idea of the attack in the cemetery but eventually Russo would be the one that said well, why are they attacking what what would cause that uh Romero couldn't come up with an answer he said well what about cannibalism why don't we take that idea um and uh it definitely grew from the uh the sci-fi horror novel I am legend uh from with this and the ideas from Russo, Romero would basically create the script that we came to uh, to love today. Now, um, this, as we were talking about the budget earlier in the film, you know, this really translates that, you know, if you are willing to pick up a camera and, and work hard at something with a group of friends, you could really create something. Uh, I mean, the blood that we see in some of these scenes, it, all it is is chocolate syrup. The consumed flesh leader is just the chocolate syrup with roasted ham. And that was, um, you know, donated by one of the extras who was actually uh, a, a butcher's hand. He, he had given his, in his spare time, he did extra work around a butcher. Now, and then with the makeup, they simply just did black black eyes around the typical white face um and this this allowed for their budget to be extended further allowed for more extras um and essentially you know really simple made it better you know we look at some of the the stuff today and the special effects makeup isn't phenomenal uh huge shout out to walking dead but um you know sometimes this simple stuff and mixed in with our imagination and proper editing can can really make an impact now, uh, essentially, this film was 
just your typical drive-in Saturday matinee. And parents didn't really think anything of it. Horror films weren't horror films that we knew of. It was the monster films, Albert and Costello. And essentially, they were dropping their kids off to pick them up just mortified and horrified. Uh, the kids were, you know... It would start off in about 20 minutes, 30 minutes into the film. They became stunned. Uh, they just, uh, there's even, definitely guys, check it out online, like reading about some of the the uh, early uh, members of the matinees who saw this these films. And they're looking around to see eight and nine-year-old girls just cowering. Uh, I just found it really kind of funny, um, but also just kind of sad. <laughs> but it, it, just, it created a lot of discussion around what we know now as you know, the the rating system and, and how we restrict films uh, because it essentially we we knew at this point that something like this wasn't meant for an eight-year-old. But um, for someone a little bit older, it's it's definitely entertaining, that's for sure. Now, um, the uh, fun fact about this film was that it wasn't really properly copyrighted, uh, that Romero had a lot of work, uh, a lot of trouble working alongside the distributors who essentially walked away with all the profits of this film. So he didn't really see a penny, uh, which is really too bad. But um, the good news for the, those of you who haven't seen it, you can now luckily find it anywhere on YouTube, um, online, just Google Night of the Living Dead, and you'll, I'm sure you will find a link. Now, um, apparently George Romero was a very eccentric fellow. Just reading about some interviews um, with his passing, just some of the things like people would say like, oh, he was going through his blah, 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 blah face. Oh, he was going through his blah, blah, blah face. And I heard um, at one point he was walking around in a cape, um, reciting uh, Cicero, you know, trying to intimidate the actors for this film. Um, you know, and eventually he would become become the the man we knew today with the big black frames um and uh, and the typical vest now uh, i just want to go over some fun fun facts that i found about this film uh readers digest at the time tried to stop people from seeing it you know they were worried that it would inspire cannibalism thought that was absolutely hilarious um any zombie film I can't say has ever made me want or desire human flesh. Uh, it just doesn't look appetizing, you know. Well, perhaps unless you're watching Hannibal, the TV series. But uh, anyways, uh, moving on. Um, the most su- This is possibly one of the most successful independent films at- to date. Um, the dis- As I was saying, the dis- distributors walked away with all, if not most, of the profits. Um, this was one of the last big draws for the drive-in. So those those drive-in films that we, we, well, maybe not all of you, but people my generation here, our parents talk about the double features. This is definitely one of the last ones to contribute to that. Um, when they finally finished the film, they loaded it in the back of their car and they drove around until they could find a theater that would actually show it. Um, the zombie hand that we see in the kitchen with Tom is actually just clay, uh, clay, a clay model just packed full of syrup. Um, now, the set was just loaned to Romero. It, they were actually planning to demolish this farmhouse. And essentially, that gave them the runaround to do whatever the hell they wanted to it. So it allowed for them to to really do these, you know, kind of impact, throw around, you know, really show the impact of what it's like uh, for a group of 
you know, random strangers put into small confinement and told they're not allowed to leave because essentially what's outside the doors can kill them. So, and, you know, given that, that freedom within the house, you can definitely see the stress boil over in a couple scenes. I really don't want to blow this film for any of you that haven't seen it. I know it's black and white, but just give it a shot because it's, it's more prevalent now than than ever with a lot of a uh, lot of racial tension and themes um and i just i i really think you know if you haven't seen it you should check it out in at least in re- respect to the late romero now uh, back on to the fun facts the um the body that uh, is found upstairs was made by romero it's just some fun stuff they put together in a garage but you know a weird mention is that they never actually tell you why this person died and why um why they never come back because essentially the the reason these zombies are supposed to be coming back is due to a satellite that's that's crashed but we really never are given a, a real definition as to why um now the uh the film is one of the the very first to show a graphic murder um not going to tell you who not going to tell you when but um when you do see that scene that's definitely one of the parts i'm talking about being uh you know, definitely, uh, you know, very true to today's points. Now, um, the, the cemetery scene in the beginning, this was originally going to be something very different. But it, if it wasn't for an earlier car accident that would dent the existing vehicle and um, and Romero would have to, to change the setup. Now, um, one of the the uh, the actors talk about their time on set and mentions that there was a, uh, a a fire that occurred on one of the the chairs now basically this fire had one of the actors accidentally caught on fire due to the extra flame coming up onto his costume and if it wasn't for our cemetery zombie uh being the hero that he was jumping into uh to action things could have been a lot more serious than um than as for mentioned now uh the the um this film, I, you know, I struggle as to, to really put the emphasis on, on why it's so important. Really, realistically, you just need to see it, um, or dive into a little bit more of the, the zombie films we love today. In fact, the opening scene with the main zombie going after Barbara and her brother, uh, this is what Walking Dead is going to reference and base all of their zombies after. Um, I mean, we can look at, Dawn of the Dead, the remake, um, you know, the zombies run 60 kilometers an hour. It's insane. But, you know, if you you look at the zombies in this to the zombies on Walking Dead, they're very similar. Just rotted flesh going after one mission, which is live human flesh. That's it. So um, for those of you that haven't seen it, definitely check it out. You will have a hard time believing that this isn't, you know, that this was just a group of friends getting together with a very small budget. If For those of you like myself who, you know, love film and, and love what can be done with film, this really speaks to to you know a creative mind um a creative group of people and just just hard work and dedication um you know we that that opening line work they're going to get you barbara you know it stands out in history um it definitely makes the hair on my neck stand up uh and i just it's so unique there's so many shots that are like film noir meets you know something new age as as Romero all he really knew was how to turn on the camera how to develop film and and knew the right people to talk to um it just the man and then uh, with all of this being 
so humble um, in, in a lot of interviews I've talked um, I've read uh, in regards to other directors writers they they mention Romero being just just so relaxed and so easygoing in fact uh, I think one possibly one of the best case scenarios would be to have a beer with Romero and Stephen King I think that would just be so cool um, you know the definitely the fathers of creep show um, but uh, just can't say enough about Romero. I hope uh, that his family, I wish them all the best through this time. And I hope they know that, that the world lost lost a genius and, and the world is definitely grieving in this case. Um, but the zombie will live on, <laughs> that's for sure. And, uh, and you know, I, I look forward to whatever's new hashes the zombie can can come out with you know we definitely have further creations coming out of night of the living dead and and this would become a franchise that we know and love uh and it would be turn into so much more uh but this uh, anyways guys thanks again for listening rest in peace george a romero and uh and this is me signing off thanks <laughs>